Welcome back, friends and family. It's great to have you joining us again today. I'm Pastor Mike along with my brother Rick Salcedo here, and we're going to get into part three of the lesson of Jeroboam foolishly feared. And I tell you, Rick, we've really kind of gotten down into a, an unknown person, really, in the Bible. I mean, mm-hmm. he's known, but not a whole lot of people have studied him and taught on him a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I really, I'm glad we've, uh, we got into this and the way you've, uh, you did your outline has been uh, really informative, man, and, and really, I, I've learned some stuff as well, and actually, have had some great revelation about this while we've been teaching on it too. But today, we're going to wrap it up into part three, and uh, on this segment about uh, faith over fear, it uh, the consequences uh, of what it could cost you, right? Right. And just to do a little uh, recap, uh, we're talking about Jeroboam, mm-hmm. and he was a uh, well-to-do young man in Israel. He he uh, was very impressive. Uh, organized, um, got things done, mm-hmm. and um, Solomon actually admired him, mm-hmm. okay? But uh, because Solomon had got into idol worship, he allowed his pagan wives to seduce him into idol worship, and uh, the people of Israel followed him in that. That angered God. Mm-hmm. So God was going to end the Davidic dynasty over ruling all over all Israel. Yeah. So uh, God sends a prophet to tell uh jeroboam you know god's going to give you 10 tribes of israel and when solomon finds out about it he he wants to have jeroboam killed and so jeroboam flees to egypt lives there for almost 20 years upon solomon's death jeroboam returns back to israel now coinciding with that the people of israel rebel 10 tribes rebel against solomon's son rehoboam Mm -hmm. um and when they heard jeroboam came back from egypt um, they set him up as the king. Sorry, I'm checking a little bit. There's a whole lot of Boehms coming yeah. out right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. See, I always get the two confused. Man, as well. it, it reminds me of where Paul had written, uh, things that I do that I don't want to do, but that I do that I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> are we doing or are we not doing? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's yeah. get on into it. Okay. So at this point, um, you know, God fulfilled his prophecy. Mm-hmm. And, and made Rehoboam king of Israel, ten tribes of Israel. And in addition to that, Jeroboam had the witness of David's life. You know, because God made a covenant with Jeroboam, mm-hmm. he, along with his prophecy, if you live faithfully and, and obey my commandments like David did, you know, I'm going to bless you like I blessed David. Right. So he, he sees the prophecy come true. He has David's life as a witness, and he had scripture telling him to trust in the Lord and, and to fear not. But what does he do? He fears. Right. And what he does is he doesn't want the people of Israel going to Jerusalem to do sacrifices to God. Because mm-hmm. he's afraid that they'll rekindle their relationship with the king of Judah ruling out of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And that they'll abandon him as king and go back to uh, Solomon's right. son as their king. Yep. So he sets up two uh, golden calves, one in the northern part of the kingdom, one in the southern part, and says... Behold, Israel, these are your gods. All right, after yeah. consulting the bad people, the right. wrong people. Right, yeah. consulting the wrong people. He says it's too much trouble to go to Jerusalem. You know, here, <laughs> this is a much closer trek. Man, that sounds like today's politics, just in that too, right? It's too much trouble for you to do this. We're going to make this super easy, and it's for your own good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, that snare right. of entrapment of laziness. Right. Yep. Right. And so what he did is he led all the, all the, the northern kingdom, all ten tribes into idol worship. Yeah. They no right. longer went to Jerusalem to worship the one true living God. Yeah. 
They were worshiping golden calves. Yes. And what's with the worshiping golden calves back then? (laughs) You know, (laughs) was a cow like highly revered in that society? I have no idea, but yeah, I don't, I don't, don't, it's not very smart. If you've ever met a cow, (laughs) I've never been impressed by the conversation I've been able to have with them at all. You know, we are coming out of, uh, you know, they, they see God part the Red Sea, save them, you know, destroy the army of Egypt. And then what? A few weeks later, they're worshiping a cow. That's right. You know, and behold, Here's your guide, and you stare. You look at it. It's a cow. What is it doing? It's staring back at you, chewing grass. That's exactly you know? right. So, so I never understood that. Me that neither. just always made me laugh. You know, yeah. a cow. You know, at least you could. Why not a bear or something, yeah, something. ferocious? Right. <laughs> so anyway, but that's what they did. So they had two golden calves that they worshipped, and it and it offended God because God gave him the command: "You shall have no other gods before me." That's right. Because he's the one true living God. There are no other gods. That's right. And, you know, and he's very jealous over that. Mm-hmm. You know, he created us to, for his pleasure, you know, and, and he wants, he seeks those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. So that's why we were created to worship mm-hmm. him in spirit and in truth. And, you know, so he, he gets very upset when we worship other things. Absolutely. And so, um, instead of having faith, you know, Jeroboam feared and he had at his disposal several scriptures that said fear not right you know but he didn't adhere to those and and as we discussed last time it it may have been because he spent 20 years in egypt right you know instead of 20 years in a monastery or someplace sure, yeah you know, somewhere yeah where he would have been better off spending 20 years in the desert on his own right you know than yeah. doing that yeah communing yep. with god and stuff That's exactly right. but he had you know he had scriptures like deuteronomy 31 uh, verse six, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Nope. Uh, Psalms 21, seven, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Mm-hmm. So if you're founded, you know, if the Lord's protecting you, who is there to fear? That's exactly right. And these are the same promises that we get echoed again in the New Testament Mm -hmm. because it's the same God. He never changes. Right. So when he says it, and he is, he he does not, he's not a moody individual. You know, you don't have to worry about it as if God is upset today or if he's angry or did he wake up on the wrong side of the bed. That doesn't, (laughs) none of that comes to play with God. Yeah. Um, If he says it, that this is the way it is and this is how he is, and that is exactly it. And that's why it's so encouraging when we read the New Testament, they get reassurance that it, although we live under a new covenant now, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> yes. uh, that, you know, we, we never could have measured up to this law. The, the peace of God that never changed was that if you do this, I'll do this. And now all we have to do is accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now we have to realize that he paid the ultimate price for us and that through him we, we are righteous in standings with God, with mm-hmm. all things. And we get all the good right. <laughs> with God then. You know what I'm saying? There is yeah. no punishment for us anymore. Once that happens, it's never about moving outside of the law. Right. So, I mean, embracing God is everything. That's right. And I saw a, a tweet the other day that said, I think someone had this in their profile. It said, Jesus has no sin but mine. Amen. And I have no righteousness but his. Man, that's good. That yeah, is really that good. That was really good. That is really good. Uh, and, uh, I got to write that down somewhere. Yeah. That is, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that's right on the point. That's, yes, that's exactly right. So, you know, we, we put our trust in, uh, and we wrap our lives around God. Mm-hmm. Then who, who, what do we have to be afraid of? Yeah. I mean, he's the almighty. 
Yeah. He created all this. Yep. That's you know, right. he's well able to keep us. And, and Jeroboam knew that as well from the lineage that he was in too. I mean, he knew this. He knew mm-hmm. what was going on here. He, he had the covenant. He had the, he had the opportunity to be able to fulfill the same thing as those that came before him. Yeah. He, he knew the, how God was and how. Yeah. He, he knew the stories of parting right. the Red Sea. And, That's right. And, um, you know, God defeating the Canaanites, mm-hmm. giving the land to. That's right. Um, you know, Jeroboam's forebears. Yeah. Yeah, he knew all that, but I think, you know, a lot of times, like, he he had head knowledge of it, mm-hmm. but he didn't have heart. It wasn't in his heart. Right. You know? Well, I think that goes back to, you know, he made some really bad decisions and some bad choices of who he hung out with, and I mm-hmm. believe that he knew that his life wasn't lined up correctly according to the covenant that he had had, too. And so, therefore, there was some underlying fear that was self-given fear yeah. as well. Yeah. See, and, and all he had to do was just confess and repent. That's right. If just been change like his David. ways. Yeah. That's right. Right, yep. you, and you can never go too far away from God. Right, all you have to do is just repent, and it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Because He's never gone anywhere. You just simply turn around, and there He is. Mm-hmm. So, all right, and then uh, finally, here in Psalms thirty-three, twelve, it says, "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people He cho- He chose for His inheritance." So, any nation that that reverences God, they're blessed. Absolutely. And I think, we, you know, we're at a crossroads right now in this yes, country. Yes, we are. Um, as to whether we are going to be a, a nation under God mm-hmm. or a secular nation. That's right. A nation against God because there yeah. is no other way. Mm-hmm. You're either for God or against him. That's yeah. it. So. Yeah. And, and we see, um, you know, some of these protests going on, Bibles being burned, mm-hmm. um, unsavory rituals going on. Mm-hmm. And so I really do think we're at a crossroads here with this election. And I certainly, you know, I believe in my heart that we're going to continue to be a nation under God because I don't think God's done with us yet. Right. But, you know, we are at that struggle. Well, I got to tell you this. Christians got to wake up and speak up. Well, the lukewarm Christian is no longer a place to be and, uh, shame on the pulpits of America. And I sit in them one times myself, but shame on pulpits of America that have not spoken and preached the true gospel that hell is still hot mm-hmm. and that uh, God saves. Jesus died for us. But listen, yeah. it's not out of anything else other than your commitment to him and then your surrender. Yeah. To him that this could be attained. And I think the days of preaching feel good. Yes, motivational. Motivational, um, you know, self-help stuff. I think, I think those days are over with. Yeah, they need to be because, um, you know, I've, I've often said, I don't, I don't care to motivate you. I care to convict you. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do. And not by my word, not by me. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. But the only Holy Spirit can only convict you through the word of God. Yeah. So if you're preaching the word of God, he'll yeah. do his thing. Yeah. See, as a, as a preacher, you're, 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 you're compelled to convict people. As a teacher, yeah. I want to equip them. Yes. I yeah. want to set Absolutely. them up with, well, how do you live a Christian life? How do you deal with these things That's in right. this fallen world as a Christian? Yes. So, you know, and both are important. Amen. Well, that's yeah. why there's, hey, there's, there's the offices of, of the Bible that talks about the offices uh, of the church here and, uh, we're all one body. Mm-hmm. You know, the eye, the nose, the the foot, the mouth, all of us are, are, are just as important uh, as the other. But without it, uh, and but the whole truth being taught and preached from the time that somebody comes in from their first visit to the time that then they become a disciple, 
to be able to disciple others and right. fulfill the Great Commission. It is a continual growth process that mm-hmm. the churches of America and the people of America need to get up off your couches. If you listen to me, I'm telling you, you need to get up <laughs> off your couches. You need to come back in. You need to assemble with other like-minded Christian believers because in this time and age, the devil wins if he separates you. Right. Because through separation will become defeat. Well, that's what wolves do. That's exactly they right. They try to separate, uh, they try to get a lamb or a sheep off on its own. That's right. Where it's weak and vulnerable. That's right. That's yep. right. All right. Okay. Follow us back in here, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> so, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And um, these were scriptures that Jeroboam should have embraced, but he mm-hmm. didn't. And uh, as we talked about, he set up those the two golden calves and led Israel astray in idol worship. So, uh, Jeroboam gets involved in some, uh, some wars. Okay. And he's worried about the outcome. So he sends his wife. Um, no, actually I think his, his son is sick. So he sends his wife to the prophet Ahijah, mm-hmm. who is the same prophet that told him he would become king. Right. So Ahijah is a very old man at this point, but he sends his wife and, uh, to talk to the prophet and this is what the prophet said. It's in First Kings 14, um, 7 through 10. Go, tell Jeroboam that this is, what the, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I raised you up from among the people and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you. But you were not like my servant David, who kept my commandments and followed me with all his heart, doing only what was right in my eyes. You have done more evil than all those who came before you. You have proceeded to make yourself other gods and molten images to provoke me. You have flung me behind your back. Because of all this, behold, I am bringing disaster on the house of Jeroboam. So he went from, if you, if you love me and follow my commandments, you know, I will bless you and sustain you to, I will bring disaster upon the house of Jeroboam because he, you know, he didn't fulfill his end of the bargain. Right. And so, you know, God was no longer obligated to bless him and sustain his dynasty, you know, his descendants as kings and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, he did, he, he did the exact same thing Solomon did. Mm-hmm. The only reason Jeroboam was king right. was because Solomon got off into idol worship. That's right. And he himself turns around and does the same thing to a worse degree. That's right. Yep. And, um, you know, so it shouldn't have been any surprise to him right. that his dynasty was going to end too. Yeah, I don't think that it really was a surprise. I think it was the fear of the inevitable. I, I, I just wonder if in his mind, that's why he feared them going back. That's why he did a lot because he knew that if he didn't have right standing with God, that he knew the outcome. And really it was a, a chasing game, a waiting game, a, mm-hmm. a maybe hopefully not game mm-hmm. that Maybe this won't happen, you know what I'm saying? And, and that kind of, you know, wishful thinking. Um, but he knew better. Yeah. He knew better. And we see, um, the fulfillment of this in First Kings 15, verse 29 and 30. It says, as soon as Baasha became king, he struck down the entire household of Jeroboam. He did not leave to Jeroboam anyone that breathed, but destroyed them all according to the word that the Lord had spoken through his servant Ahijah the the Shilonite because of the sins of Jeroboam had committed and had caused Israel to commit and because he had provoked the Lord the God of Israel to anger so we see um, the words of the prophet are fulfilled Baasha rebels against the 
the dynasty of Jeroboam. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he does a successful coup. He takes over as king and he doesn't stop there. He slaughters right. all of Jeroboam's relatives and his descendants. Yep. All his children, all his grandchildren, anyone that might from the house of Jeroboam that might seek revenge right. or to reestablish the dynasty of Jeroboam on the throne. Mm-hmm. Totally slaughtered. And, you know, we see this principle, we see this occur numerous times in the Bible. You know, a person's sin doesn't only impact their life, but it negatively impacts those around them. You know, we see that with the uh, Korah's rebellion in the wilderness. You know, his whole family perished because, you know, he rebelled. Uh, we see that with Achan when they attacked the city of Jericho. And they were, you know, they were supposed to put all the precious metals in the treasury and they were supposed to destroy everything else. Mm-hmm. But Achan saw some silver, uh, silver and gold and he, he saw a, a beautiful robe he liked. So he kept that stuff. So he, he was disobedient to God. See, and, and he and his whole family perished because of it. Uh, David, you know, David committed, um, adultery. He schemed to have Uriah murdered. Right. And so what happened? Well, those seeds that he planted created a harvest in his children. You know, uh, from then on, his family was plagued with scheming and deceit and sexual sin and uh, rebellion and murder. Mm. See, so what we do, it doesn't just impact us. You know, we can't say, well, it's just my life. You know, it's just between me and God. It impacts our loved ones, those around us. You know, Jeroboam, he was concerned about you know, preserving his kingship. So he led all Israel into idolatry and it, it caught, you know, it cost, resulted in the destruction of his entire family, not to mention leading other people into sin. Correct. That's right. So, you know, no person is an island and, um, you know, it's just so important to be faithful to God. You know, we may, you know, we talked several times in the past about being short sighted, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't look at the big picture. We don't stand back. We don't realize the total impact yeah. that rebelling against God and sinning will have on us, our loved ones, and those around us. Again, you know, the key to this is that um, everybody's going to fail. Everybody's going to make mistakes. But the thing that Jeroboam didn't do was repent. Mm. That's what it all comes down to is yeah. that a recognition of an error in your ways and just simply coming back to the Lord and repenting with those things because – that, that would have rewritten his entire history, just like King David. Yep, just yeah. like King David. And that's the difference. That is. You know, God never prophesied against David because he, God knew David's heart yeah. and that he would repent. That's right. But Solomon didn't, Rehoboam, or Jeroboam didn't, that's and right. we see the difference. Yes, indeed. So, folks, it's okay to mess up. Just make sure you're quick to hit your knees and ask for repentance, go. and the Lord will restore you every single time. Every single time. Yeah. Well, Rick, get us on out of here, man. Okay. Well, that wraps up this series on faith over fear and how Jer- Jeroboam foolishly feared. And we hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. And until next time, remember to prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. <laughs>